Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And we do welcome you to call into today's program. This is Calvary Live. I'm your host for the next hour, Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley in northern Colorado. Some of you on the East Coast that are listening in on Truth FM and Hope FM, you've been asking where exactly is Greeley, and it's halfway between Denver and Cheyenne, so northern Colorado, right in front of Rocky Mountain National Park. And so I'm so glad that all of you that are tuning in to today's program, that you're able to call in at 303-690-3000. You just heard the number. Most of you know it. Get it into your contacts, and uh, we're going to be reminding you of that number that you can call in and ask your questions or give your prayer requests, 303-690-3000. This is really your show, the listener, as you have opportunity to ask questions about the Bible or perhaps about Christian living or some of the current events that are around us, uh, those things that are taking place. How do we uh, look at that from a Christian worldview? So uh, we want to be able to encourage you in God's Word, give you clarity and understanding to your question as much as we can and to be able to pray for you, because I know that those of you who are listening, that you uh, have prayer needs, and we want to uh, encourage you to call in and so we can go to the throne of grace, as Hebrews 4 says, in time of need. There's a second means for you to be able to ask a question or to text in uh, a question uh, and to be able to um, give prayer requests, and that's through a text line, and that number is 720 720- Three three six zero eight nine seven. Let me repeat that again: seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. And so, I want to welcome all of you listening live on Grace FM all along the Front Range in Colorado, from Pueblo up to Fountain and Widefield Security. Uh, I love to hear from you guys. Uh, down there in that area, that's my old stomping grounds, Colorado Springs, 101.7. And then in northern Colorado, from Castle Rock up into southern Wyoming, 89.7. We also want to welcome on all the online listeners. You too, anywhere in the country, can call at 303-690-3000. So give me a call. And then I want to welcome all the Hope and Truth FM listeners on the East Coast. You are a week delayed, but you can call at that number, and then you'll be able to hear the program that you called in on next week. So uh, let's go ahead and go to the phone lines. Let's go to Robert in Littleton. Robert? Robert in Littleton, are you there? Can you hear me? I can hear you. How you doing, okay. Robert? Pretty good, pretty good. Good. You got a question for me? Yeah, so I, I, I think I asked you this question, not you, but I think I asked this question before. Uh-huh. Uh, I was wondering about Neanderthals. Where do they come into play into the Bible, um, number one? And number two, they just uh, made an announcement that, like, like they found a uh, hybrid Neanderthal in, like, Iceland or something like that. So yeah, I just wanted, 
Yeah, well, I just want to see uh, how does that play into the Bible, and is that even a true species? I guess I don't know. Yeah, and I know I know kind of what you're saying, and what I would do is um, I don't know if it's been referenced to you to uh, answers in Genesis, but they will give you a, a lot more detailed answer on that because they have uh, if you go on their website. Uh, the ministry of Ken Ham. Matter of fact, I believe that Ken Ham is going to be speaking at Calvary Aurora this weekend, if I remember right. So uh, the the guys there on the screen, if I said that wrong, but I believe Ken Ham is scheduled. And just uh, excellent resources for questions like that. But I'll tell you what my Bible uh, has to say about all that. When I look at the Bible, that in the book of Genesis, of course, the first uh, man, Adam, and then Eve, and, and then uh, what you see shortly after that is they're telling the ground. Um, there's technology. There's agriculture. You know that's there. Uh, they got to be able to till the ground. Um, you know, and and knowing uh, what to do uh, in that. Uh, they're they're uh, raising uh, livestock. Uh, we know that Cain and Abel. Uh, Cain was a a farmer, I believe. Abel was uh, one that was a uh, raised livestock. So they weren't you know, walking around, you know, with clubs in their hands, um, you know, not able to speak. It, it was, there was some intellect there. There was agriculture going on. And so that's what I see. But, uh, you know, as far as Neanderthals, you know, and all of that, I, I don't know uh, what they're saying, but I would go to Answers in Genesis, and I would look at that, and I'm sure they're going to give you a lot more satisfac- satisfactory nope. answer for you. So do you think that they uh, that was what early man was was the Neander what they're saying is Neanderthal that was the genetic makeup of the early man back then? There, there's nothing in the scripture that indicates that to me because when I think of that term that you use is some is one that you know um, they had to discover fire you know they um, uh-huh. lived in caves things like that. But all I know from the book of Genesis, when you began to read in chapter 4, they're tilling the land, they're raising livestock. Um, You know, um, you see that, uh, you see the nations of the world begin to form um, cities and things like that. So um, I wouldn't say that, I I think sometimes we think that uh, man, ancient man, uh, was not intelligent. They were very intelligent. They did amazing things. So um, I would look at that, research that as far as the fossil records, what they show. Um, I don't think I can give you a satisfactory answer in that, but Answers in Genesis will be able to cover that a lot more for you. All right. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for calling, Robert. Appreciate it. Have a good day. You do. All right. Hey, uh, those of you in the Denver area, Aurora area, I believe it is, um, true that Ken Ham's going to be at Calvary Aurora, uh, who is, uh, of course, uh, the one who uh, oversees uh, Answers in Genesis. A very good speaker. Um, I love his ministry. Matter of fact, we have our children's ministry curriculum uh, that is Answers in Genesis, and we love it here. And one of the reasons why we do is because we want to get our kids that— uh, are here. We want them in the Word of God, and Answers in Genesis stands on the truth of what God's Word has to say. But more than that, we want them to understand the truth that God created them, 
and, and God loves them and has a plan for them. And we want them to understand that they can trust the Bible and what the Bible says about creation. And I believe in the literal six days of creation. I'm thankful that there are those who are standing on the Word of God in that. I believe that the Word of God shows that very clearly that God is the creator, and uh, Ken Ham is the defender of God's word, and I just really appreciate his ministry. So if you have an opportunity, I believe um, they have 6 o'clock Saturday night, 845, 1045, Calvary Aurora. If you're in the area, you have an opportunity to hear Ken Ham speak. You will be blessed by that. So uh, thanks for calling, Robert, on those those questions, but that's a good resource. The website is Answers in Genesis. But let's go to David in Longmont. David? David in Longmont? Okay, David, hopefully um, you had a prayer and a question, um, and I'd love to be able to talk to you about that. So give me a call back if you can, David. I'd love to be able to pray with you, encourage you any way that I can. But let's go to Jim in Fort Collins. Jim? Yeah, hi. J- You're on Calvary Live. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Uh, not bad. Uh, I just had a prayer request for my, my daughter. Um, okay. Yeah, she she's uh, five, but... Me and her mom were we divorced like three years ago, but uh, her mom has uh, quite a few issues. But she's pretty much disappeared out of her life uh, for almost a year now, and uh, my daughter's just obviously taking it pretty hard. Uh, she doesn't see her, or talk to her, or anything. So I just okay. want to pray for her. You know, because she's acting out and all that kind of stuff. Sure, absolutely. Father, I do pray. Uh, Jim has called and asked for prayer for his daughter. And as as parents, as um, we see our children that, that go through difficulties and stuff, and um, you know, there's a divorce right now, and uh, it's affected her, Lord, I pray that you bring uh, just comfort and healing and restore that relationship um, Jim's daughter with uh, her mom, that, Lord, that um, as there hasn't been contact, but, Lord, that somehow you would touch their hearts. And, Lord, I pray you be with Jim. If he can be used in any way to bring that restoration and, and that um, healing, be an instrument, that you would give him the wisdom, give him uh, the courage, give him uh, the insight and, Lord, um, that he would just be able to minister to his daughter who is going through a difficult time. And, Lord, I just pray for this situation that you would work in a, in a mighty, mighty way and show yourself strong on behalf of this family. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yeah, thanks, Pastor Jeff. I appreciate it. You bet. And, and we'll be praying for you and, and uh, that God will work. Um, in this situation. I appreciate you calling and asking for prayer, Jim. Oh, yeah, thank you. I appreciate you and all you do on the radio, so thank you. You you bet. It's a privilege. Hey, 303-690-3000 is the number to call for you to to be on the air, uh, the text line, for you to be able to text in a question, and and, uh, hopefully that 
uh, you'll be able to do that as we have time. Love to be able to answer your questions uh, on the text line or uh, prayer requests. Uh, but um, we'd love to hear from you. So 720-336-0897. Let's go ahead and go to Christina in Thornton. Christina? Yeah. How are you? Good. How are you? I am good. What can we do for um, you today? I was listening to the radio the other day, and I think it was a different church who does the question and answers, and it was mm-hmm. about tattooing. And right. um, the pastor said that it was he thought it was okay to do. And that's right. something that I've been really struggling with to understand because I was also raised to believe that tattoos were a sin. Um, okay. And when I got my tattoos, I was convicted because I was right. raised to believe that way. Um, uh-huh. And I know it was like a pagan cult at the time. Right. Um, but then it just kind of confuses me because God says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Um, right. So when we do tattoo, you know, we are taking risk of infections. Uh, we are mm-hmm. injecting ink in our bodies. And right. I think it's a big thing where Christians today don't have 100% clarification um, where there are churches who are okay with it, and then there are churches who do believe it is a sin. And I'm kind of just in between the two of me wanting more tattoos, but I don't want to do it if it is a sin. So I just right. don't know what to believe. I'm confused. Well, in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus, I'm going to cover a couple points here real quick for you, um, and hopefully this will help. And for for you to consider. Um, When the Bible says in the book of Leviticus not to mark your body, it has the context of um, that, that, you know, he was telling the children of Israel, when you go in, don't mark your body. Um, Don't make, um, you shall not um, do that in chapter 19, I believe. Um, and he goes on to say that because it was associated with pagan worship. That's what the Canaanites had done. So he says, don't do that. I don't want you to be like the Canaanites who do these pagan practices of marking their body. Now, when you get to the New Testament, there's nothing said about that. There's nothing said about tattoos that you can't do that. But I think really for you, as I listen to you, um, is you have to decide for yourself if, you know, tattoos are okay with you. Because here's the thing, is that um, we have liberty in Christ, and Paul talks about that in 1 Corinthians. And he talks about that, um, just as you mentioned, that our bodies are the temple of God, but do you have the peace to be able to do that. There are some people that have the conviction of, I don't want to mark my body. I don't want tattoos. There are others that I know that they love the Lord. Um, They're being used of the Lord, and tattoos are okay. It's an expression for them to perhaps they'll have a verse on there. 
Perhaps they'll um, have a, a Christian symbol to express their love for the Lord, and they feel they have the liberty to do that. So that's what I would do for you. Um, if you can't do it in faith, even as Romans chapter 14, verse 23 says, then you shouldn't get a tattoo if it convicts you, if you uh, sense that I just can't do that, I don't have the liberty. And so um, you need to decide that. You need to pray about it, and then the Lord will give you a peace about it or not, whether to do it. So technically, okay. the the Bible doesn't prohibit tattoos. But in our liberty, when it comes to anything like that, you know, um, are you glorifying God? Can God look at this and say, man, this is good. This, this, this is all right. Are you going to be stumbling anybody? Those are the, the filters that I always use to, to filter everything through if I'm going to do something in my liberty. And as Christians, Paul said, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are beneficial or good for me. And you need to decide, if you can't do that in faith, then don't do it. And and if you feel like, well, I'm going to stumble people, um, I got a conviction about it, uh, I don't know if this is good, then wait and allow the Lord to minister to you. But if you got a peace that rules in your heart about it, then you know, you can go ahead and get tattoos. Um, but Christians have them, um, and some Christians are fine with them. You know, that's why they get them, as expression of their, you know, uh, symbol of their love for the Lord. Uh, other Christians, it's like, I don't want to get a tattoo, and um, I can't do that in faith. So I think that's the big thing for you. And um, so, again, in Leviticus chapter 19, verse 28, when he says that you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor tattoo any marks on you. I am the Lord. That's in the context. I don't want you to be practicing what the the Canaanites are doing in worshiping their God. Because he goes on in the, in the verse after that, or actually the verse before that in verse 27, you shall not shave around the sides of your head, nor shall you disfigure the edges of your beard. Well, does that mean that you can't cut your beard a certain way? No, they they were doing it in a way that was uh, making allegiance to their pagan gods, and it was an you know outward expression of their belief. And so you need to decide whether I can do this or not, and pray about it. And um, but there's no prohibition of tattoos that I see for the Christian in the New Testament. All right. Okay. Thank you. Does that help? Yeah. Um, would it be okay to ask one more question? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I do go to a church here in um, Denver, and mm-hmm. they have young adults. Um, and I go a little early and watch the praise and worship practice. Uh-huh. Um, and I do see the pastor, you know, praying and before she gives the word and stuff. But then uh-huh. when the service is about 20 minutes before it's about to start, they play worldly music, music that uh-huh. you would hear from like 95.7, which I have listened to, and I'm trying to um, not listen to secular music, but there's songs where I've heard in the church that are on the radio, and why, 
I want to know why churches do that, and I think I have an answer why, because, you know, people from the world, if it's a good song, the lyrics are good, they can relate with the pain and and most of it. And that's that's probably the answer I'll give to you, and but what you need to do is ask them, um, to ask them mm-hmm. why they're doing that. Is it to attract the young people in? Is it, you know, to, to do that? And I'm sure probably that's why they do it. And that's what they feel like, um, the Lord, um, has given them the okay to do that. So I would talk to them about that and, um, you know, why the worldly music that you're playing. And, um, and again, it's a conviction of a, a church, a conviction of the worship leader, um, that, uh, to do that. Um, so, um, anyway, so hopefully I know that's not satisfactory to you, but talk to them about it and ask them the reason for it. But I think that here's my thing about the church. For me, I don't want to bring the world into the church. Um, I want the church to be someplace we can get away from the world. And I'm not saying that it's, um, so terrible and wrong what they're doing, but for me, when we come in here, I want to sing the praises of God. I want to play the praises of God. I want to be able to do that, and I want to get away from the world. So that's that's my conviction as I pastor Calvary Chapel. Do you think if 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 I were to approach it in a uh, appropriate way, um, yeah. my concerns and why I think it's not okay, is yeah, that I something think... to leave a church over? Well, that's gonna right, and that's gonna be up to you because I don't like to tell people. I don't want you to go to them and say, "Hey, I talked to Pastor Jeff on the radio, and he said you should leave. You know, I should leave the church over this. You need to pray about it. The Lord is the one that leads the sheep where He wants them to go. That needs to be the decision, not only with your tattoos, Christina, but also with the music and to go to them humbly and to let them explain and then pray about it. And then Colossians 3, if he gives you a piece that rules in your heart, whether you need to, that's like, uh, I don't know if I like this and I need to move to another church. But you make sure that you go to a church that's teaching a word that um, you can be comfortable in and um, that you can support what it is that they're doing. But that's a decision that you have to make. That's between you and the Lord. Okay. Well, thank you for, um, for everything. Hey, you bet. And and I hope that um, you can talk to them. And I, I just want to pray for you, Christina, all right, because you got some decisions that you need to make. And, Father, I just pray for Christina. I pray that she prays about tattoos, that, Lord, that she would understand that she has the liberty to do that under the, the Scriptures. But, Lord, if she doesn't have a peace or is convicted, that, that Lord— maybe she can't do that in faith and and that you would give her clarity and understanding. You promise that you'll give us a peace that rules in our hearts as we go to you. And Lord, that you would speak to us saying, this is the way walk in it. And as she she talks to her church about the music that Lord, that, um, that she would come to a consensus, uh, why they do it, that you would speak to her again, giving her peace about everything. Um, and, Lord, that she would be able to make a good, sound decision from there. And I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, thank you, Christina. Okay, thank you. God bless you. You bet. Let's go to Josh in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Josh? Hi, Hi Pastor How Jeff. are you, Josh? How are you? Uh, 
blessed. It's been an amazing, awesome week. Um, has it? I've been listening to Andrew Womack, and that has been powerfully encouraging in my prayer life. Mm-hmm. And so my question I want to ask you about is speaking in tongues, because I hear Andrew talk about it. And my wife and her family, for them it's a part of their their beliefs, but in the church that I grew up in, it wasn't the thing that was done. So I always thought that, you know, when I pray, God hears me, and it feels like we're talking just fine. But then when I hear Andrew talk about it, he's talking about it like, no, this is beyond talking. This is this is some other level of talking. And then I think, well, how come I can't do it? Is it something you have to learn to do? Or is it something no. that only certain people do? Here's the thing. I would encourage you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14. Just read it. Write those things down that are said about the gift of tongues. I believe in the validity of the gifts. But as Paul begins, he says, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning spiritual gifts. There are certain things in the Bible that the Lord says, I don't want you to be ignorant of. One of them concerning the future of Israel. One of them is the resurrection. The other one is, I don't want you to be ignorant of Satan's devices. And then the fourth one is spiritual gifts. And what do you see in the church is there can be a lot of confusion about those four things. But I think that as you go through those three chapters of 1 Corinthians, Paul begins to talk about spiritual gifts because there is confusion in the Corinthian church. And he goes on and he says there's diversity of gifts, the same Spirit. There's differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There's diversities of activities, but the same God. And he goes on and he talks about the gifts in this chapter. And he says this as he goes um, that, um, to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, another a word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues. That's what you're talking about, right, Josh? And to another the interpretation of tongues. But here's the key. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. You see, I don't agree with, and I've even been in church services where they have you come up and, you know, they try to force this gift on you. Come on, just loosen your tongue. You've got to learn to do this. Listen, the Holy Spirit gives distributors to each one individually as he wills. And Paul goes on and he begins to ask these rhetorical questions. He says, you know, are all apostles, all prophets, teachers, working, doing miracles? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? The answer is no. No, not all are going to speak in tongues. So you can go to the Lord with that desire to speak in tongues, but it's the Holy Spirit that gives it to you. You can't learn it. You can't, you know, manifest it. You can't fake it. It's either a gift that he gives to you or it's not. So keep in mind that the gift of tongues, which I believe is for today, that it is distributed as the Holy Spirit as he wills, and then the gift of tongues, the one who speaks in tongues, does not speak to men but to God. And it is praise and adoration given to God to help us in our prayer language and our praise to him. But not everybody speaks in tongues. Okay. Does that clear things up? It does. It does, because 
I had it happen when my whole time going to the church that I grew up in. I mean, like, one day I came in late. I didn't get to sit with my family, and I had to sit in, like, the back. And I sat down beside a stranger that I didn't know, and in the middle of the church service, he jumped up and just started going. And I, my, I looked at my mom. My eyes were, like, huge. Yeah. And I was, like, scared the crap out of me as a kid. And that's what Chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians talks about, order in the service, you know, and that it's the, the, everything be done decently and in order, that when there is tongues, there's to be interpretation of tongues. So go through those chapters, and I think it'll really, really help you, Josh. All right? All right. Thanks, Pastor Jeff. Hey, thanks for calling. Hey, we're going to go to break. I believe we have some open lines, so give me a call on the other side of the break, 303-690-3000, and and let's continue in the things of the Lord. All lines are open, so give me a call. Good time to call. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard those numbers, how you can be on the air and ask questions about the Bible or give your prayer requests, uh, maybe asking questions about Christian living or some of the current events around us, how do we look at it as Christians in a worldview uh, maybe you uh, want to text in a question or a prayer request, 720-336-0897. But we'd love to talk to you on the phones. And so uh, right now what I have is all lines are open. Grab one of those open lines and let's talk about the things of the Lord, 303-690-3000. Again, want to welcome all of you uh, listening live on Grace FM and those of you who are listening on the East Coast on Hope and Truth FM, so glad that you join us, and all the online listeners. Hey, we were talking at the beginning of the show, as, as uh, Robert called. Robert, if you're still listening, you just uh, if you're listening on Grace FM, you just heard an advertisement for Ken Ham being at Calvary Aurora this weekend, not only the, the weekend services, but Sunday night as well, and I think you'll really enjoy that. Uh, but he was asking, asking about Neanderthals and, 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 and all of this, and uh, I just got a text from one of our teachers here that um, one of the and says that one of the teacher's resources that I had for my Sunday school says that as we're using answers in Genesis curriculum says that all the finds of early man have been genetically proven to be uh, either fully man or fully ape. There is no mix, and I would agree with that. So hopefully that helps you. And again, I would re, uh, encourage you to go. Um, to that resource, Answers in Genesis. For those of you blessed enough to be able to go to Calvary Ward this weekend, I know that you will be blessed as well. Hey, speaking about church, um, we have church tonight here in northern Colorado and Greeley. We're going through the book of Isaiah. I'd love for you to be able to join us for that. And uh, it's an incredible story. Isaiah is a masterpiece. And we are just learning so much about how God calls us away from idols, and there can be idols in our own lives, and the foolishness of of trusting in those idols and expecting those idols to help us, and then how he, in his love and in his compassion and mercy, desires to refresh us and renew us, to remind us he's redeemed us. He says, you're precious to me. 
and your mind. And so it's incredible text as we're in chapter 43, and we're going to move into chapter 44. I know you'll be encouraged. We have children's ministry, nursery, have youth groups that meet. Come out and join us Wednesday night. Check us out on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com. And then up here in northern Colorado, Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock as we're in First John. And I love that epistle. There's so much that's there. So I'd love to be able to serve your family, be able to meet your family. Uh, come join us again. Check out our website at calvarychapelgreeley.com. But we want to go back to the phone lines. Let's go to Brian in Aurora. Brian? Yes. How are you? Good, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You got a question for me? Uh, yeah, but before um, before that, that young lady that called about the tattoos and the world in the um, coming uh-huh. from the church, Pastor Ed said something during a sermon one time, and he, it, it clears up everything for me pretty easily. He said, if you're not doing it for the glory of God, then don't do it. Yeah, so, and, you know, that's one of the points that, you know, we have to pray about in our liberty. That's the filter that I was talking about. Can God look at this and say, this is good? You know, this this is going to bring glory to him somehow. Is it going to stumble others, you know? Um, sure. And, and we don't want to stumble others, you know, and it's not just tattoos, but um, it's it's the liberty that we have to whatever it is that we have. And, and then... Do we have a piece about it? And I think those are good thoughts. And and Pastor Ed is so right. He's a very wise man, isn't he? Yeah, he's pretty wise. (laughs) (laughs) He's a blessing Uh, to me. He is. I'm fortunate. I'm very happy I found Calvary and and Pastor Ed. Good. Uh, My my question was about the Jewish state, the the, when from the time man was created to uh, when they were— the the Jewish state was established and identified as God's chosen people. It's a little confusing to me. And well, I'm yeah, wondering the, if you can clear that up for me. As best as I can tell, as you know, that um, in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord called Abram, Abraham. He said, get out of your country, go to, uh, from your family to your father's house, and to a land that I'll show you, and I'll make you a great nation. So at that time, he was promised that he would be a great nation, you know, the father of a great nation. So Abraham's the father of it. Of course, him and Sarah at that time had not had any children, and they had to wait 25 years before they had Isaac. And that covenant went from Abraham through Isaac, who had Jacob. And then, of course, as Jacob received, you know, uh, the covenant as well, then he had the 12 sons who ended up becoming uh, the patriarchs of the 12 tribes of Israel. They end up in Egypt, right? And I think that, for me, a real key is uh, there they are. They're under the uh, Egypt um, in slavery and bondage. Moses is then called. And Moses is called to take them, you know, out of Egypt into the Promised Land. And as the plagues are coming down upon them, we see that um, the Lord begins uh, that last plague of where they're going to, of course, the Passover. Um, They're going to observe Passover. The Egyptians, the firstborn, is going to die. But I think, look at Exodus chapter 12, and I think that's when they really became a nation. Uh, The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and said, This month shall be your beginning of month, and it shall be the first month of the year to you. 
and speak to all the congregations. So I think as you go through that, you really see that that's when they became a nation, is at that time when Passover is instituted, and then he would bring them out of the promised land, and he would bring them into the wilderness. And, of course, when they went into the wilderness, they sinned, didn't they, as they danced around that golden calf. And I think about how Moses, um, as the Lord said, Hey, Moses, get down. Your people have sinned a great sin, and I'm going to destroy them. And Moses said, No, don't destroy them. You know, what about the the promise you gave to them? They, that through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you would make a great nation. What are the other nations going to say, that you just brought them out to destroy them? So I think that Abraham being the father of a nation, that would that promise given, and then his descendants through Isaac, Jacob, his patriarchs, and then as they're in Egypt, but really when they come out of, um, of um, Egypt, that's when they really come out and, and they're really a nation and they're separated unto God. So I don't know if that helps. All right, Brian. I don't know if he dropped. Hopefully, hopefully that helped you out and stuff. So, Brian, good question. You might look at that a little bit more closer. Let's go to line two to Rudy in Denver. Hello. Is this Rudy? Yes, sir. How are you doing, Pastor? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Good. You got I'm something good. for me? A question or? Yes, I do. Just okay. Just to be briefly. Um, I have, uh, like, like many bad people that are here on this earth that, that have done bad and been condemned and put in jail for, I mean, very bad crimes, gruesome crimes. You know, they are also, they're also children of God. They're, they're father, grandfather, they're a brother. They're, you know, loved by some. When, in particular, I'm talking about my father who very corrupted my family and caused mayhem and, you know, just okay. really wasn't there, but with a good man that I see, like I'm talking about, people would you know love these people in society. Do they really? Do they go to heaven, or are they? Are they? When when are they judged? Because I would just, I mean, especially in the suicide, like my father just hated what he did to us, and not really like molestation or anything, but just you know affairs and drugs and just everything that's just negative. No guidance right. as. You know, I always yeah. wonder about when, if, well, I see him in heaven because I live my life good knowing what he did. You know, I go to right. go to Christian church, and you know, I'm doing my best to stay focused on that, to live a good life, yeah. to hopefully maybe see him in heaven. Some people tell yeah. me that was too bad. What he did to you was a no-no. Yeah. He's going to go to hell. Yeah, you know, he, here's the thing, Rudy. It hurt me. That it did, and I am so sorry for your hurt. And you know how as a father me being a father of four children i understand that you know what i do um affects my family so much but when it comes to his salvation there's only one way in order to be saved and that's through faith in jesus christ and whether that really took place or not all manner of sin is forgiven you see god didn't come and i i was reminded of this again as greg glory was doing the harvest crusade in california and um, he, he made a statement. He reminded us that God didn't come to make good peop- or bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. Okay. 
And that's what being a Christian is all about, because there's a deadness that's in us spiritually that the Bible says we're all sinners. And when we come to Jesus Christ, when we sincerely in our hearts come in faith and surrender our lives to him, then we become a new creation. It doesn't mean that we're going to live perfect lives, but it means that that the Holy Spirit comes into us, we're cleansed of sin, and then we are to be ones that we are to live for him. And, you know, whether your dad did that or not, I don't know. You know, we're going through John's gospel. And what, what was that? The nasty words about our Lord. And when I try to help, and I would cry and just stop it, Father, please just get your mind right. Yeah. You're scaring me as if you're possessed. He's condemned God and where he was. And, yeah, and and here's the thing. Scary. Yeah, and John writes a lot about that in his epistle about walking in the light and and not in the darkness. But you know, the Lord only knows the heart, and and okay. and that's where you need to to leave it. And you said yourself, which I think is a lot of wisdom. You said I need to focus on the Lord, and yeah. for you to be the person that God wants you to be, and you gotta, you know, we you forgiveness needs to be there and the love even though you need God's help in that um because that if you're not forgiving then it it just begins to eat you away and the bitterness and the anger is there and and it it just holds you in bondage it doesn't mean that you condone what he did you overlook it or it hurt you it hurt you deeply and the hardest thing that I think that for any of us that are called to do in Scripture is to forgive, especially when we've been cut deep. I but forgive them. I forgive them, but my, all my other siblings don't at all. Yeah. And, and just, when he went down, he just, he, you know, he went down and was kind of embarrassment, and they pushed him away. And I stood with him on the street sometimes just to show my yeah. love and prove to him that someone does love him. Yeah. And, you know, where he's at with the Lord or where he was at, only the Lord knows. Okay. And uh, but you know he came to make dead people alive, and okay. and so somebody can say they're a Christian, but you know the Bible talks about there's going to be fruits of righteousness, walking in the light. Doesn't mean we're sinless, but there's some evidence of salvation, and only the Lord truly knows the heart. So right. Well, going to be I a wish, Christian, be it all the way. Live like Christian, yep. think like a Christian, as Jesus would, you know? That's what, we're yeah. That's what I follow every day. Amen. I follow every day. My life has did a complete turnaround. I, Amen. I'm a God is so good. In the, in, the, in the family life, but it, I'm there with the house and kids. Praise and God. I'm Praise good. God. Thank good. you. Hey, can I, can I pray for you real quick, Please. Rudy? Please. Father, I pray for Rudy. He, who's, his family has been affected so much by... Um, the decisions and actions of a father and a family member. Lord, I just pray that you bring healing to the whole family. I thank you to hear that Rudy's committed to you, that he's forgiven his father. But Lord, I pray that he would be a light to his other family members and just minister your grace and love to them, Lord. They've been through so much. And Lord, that, um, that the enemy wouldn't get any more victory here of bitterness and anger and all of that. But, Lord, may your comfort come in and your love day by day, moment by moment. Please be with Rudy. Help him be the the man of God that you called him to be and to be a light to his family in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks, brother. Thank you, Appreciate Bye-bye. it. You bet. God bless you. Appreciate God bless it, you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. All right. We still got time. 303-690-3000. And give me a call. Let's go to Liz in Denver. Liz? Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you, Liz? I'm good. So I was listening to, I flipped back and forth between grace and the word. Um, so today I was listening and Michael Youssef said, he made a comment that that sometimes God will, in order to save your soul, because if you're, you know, you're saved, you received the Holy Spirit, you received Jesus Christ, um, you have a sin that you just keep committing over falling into the same sin over and over again. He made the comment of that sometimes God, in order to save your soul, he'll take your life. If uh-huh. he sees if he sees that you're going to, you know, keep doing that because God's all-knowing. Then later on I heard Raul Reese say, and I heard his message like on the tail end, that God uh-huh. takes, will take his righteousness away from you if we keep sinning over and over again. And he said he said it was mentioned in Ezekiel. So uh-huh. I'm kind of confused. Okay. Did um did was there any reference made to first John um of the the whoever you were listening to said that, you know, there is sin that can lead to death? Um I didn't hear any scripture. I caught both of them. I caught because I was listening, okay. like in at work. So, um, okay. in between training people and stuff, yeah. I heard it again. I heard Michael Yusuf towards the end of it, and I heard Raul Reese towards the end of it. So I was like, "What?" Well, he was probably referencing uh, Pastor Michael from First John chapter five, and uh, I'll read it to you. And if anyone sees a brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life for those who commit sin not leading to death. There is sin leading to death. I do not say that he should pray about that. Now there's different um, comments on that. What exactly does John mean by that? Um, It could mean that if you choose to go out and sin and drink, you know, and you're driving um, drunk or heavily drugged, uh, you crash and die, that sin of drunkenness led to that death, right? Mm-hmm. Or some have said more in what you're hearing that if there is sin because you belong to the Lord and um, he doesn't want you to go in that direction, that he will take you. Now, God in his sovereignty, I'm sure that he can do that. Um, I am one that believes that... Um, that, you know, John also speaks about when it comes to righteousness, um, that uh, he says in um, chapter 3, I believe, um, whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. He goes on and he talks about that. What he's saying is is that as we are born again um, of God, that it doesn't mean that we will never sin. What it means is you're not going to practice sin. And I think that the Bible says, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, that those who practice, you know, those sins that are listed there, same in the book of Galatians, John's kind of saying the same thing. 
those who practice such things. And, and I would go through John's epistle, because John is very direct. He says, if you say that you are walking in the light and know God, um, and yet you're walking truly in darkness and you're practicing sin, then you're a liar. It's, that's what John says. So if you are one that you're practicing sin, the question is, are you even saved in the first place? Now, it doesn't mean, again, that we don't sin, because John, in this epistle, he says that if you say you don't sin, you lie and don't practice the truth. If we do sin, we confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. We do have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So that provision is there, but John reiterates in here that we don't walk in the darkness and that we um, are to be ones that we don't practice sin, habitual sin, uh, okay. continuing in it with no conviction at all. So that's where I see that the Bible teaches. And to that person who says, well, I'm a Christian, but yet you don't see them with no conviction, no desire to walk with the Lord, are they really a Christian or not? So yeah. I think it's two separate issues kind of that is there. Um, the Christian who perhaps is, you know, going into sin, does it mean that uh, there's a sin that leads to death? I don't know exactly what that text means, um, but it's an interesting text, so... I don't okay, know if I so confused you more. So when Raleigh <laughs> made the reference to Ezekiel, he mentioned that that God will take your righteousness, the righteousness he's given you if you keep sinning over and over again. Well, the is question for me is... Is that along the same line, if it's habitual? Well, yeah, and to me is, how do you become righteous, Liz? Not how by yourself. Become... There's no way. Exactly. Because John talks about doing righteous acts, living rightly. It isn't that I do good. There's a lot of people that are very moral. They're mm -hmm. good husbands, good wives, good fathers. They do, you know, charitable deeds in the community. You can look at them and say they are a good person. Mm -hmm. But does that make does that make them righteous? No. No, it doesn't. We are righteous because of the blood of Jesus Christ by faith, then that righteousness is imputed unto us. So mm -hmm. the person who comes to Christ, and John you know, talks about that, that he says that you've been born of God does not sin. In other words, you've been born again. The seed that has been planted in you, you're going to do righteously. So what is the seed? John, um, in his gospel, talks about uh, the seed of him, that we are born not of man, not of flesh, but of God, so that Christ dwells in us, and then we have the seed of the Word um, that is in us, that's sown in our hearts. We're born again by the Spirit of God. We're new creation. Should we continue in sin that grace abounds? Certainly not. We're dead to that stuff. Yeah. So the qu question is, were they even saved in the first place? Um I don't know. You know, to me, the Bible, you know, is very clear. If you practice sin, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And I also, on the other side of the coin, believe in the security of the believer. That mm -hmm. um, that y when you come to Christ, you're born again. There's nothing in the Bible that says being unborn again. All right? Yeah. So yeah. those are the things that get debated. 
and those are you know part of the things that you're hearing about um but he he goes on and he he mentions that as you read these chapters um that uh you know he who practices righteousness is righteous just as he is righteous he's not saying that you live you know uh, doing right things that makes you righteous in and of yourself but he who sins is of the devil for the devil has sinned from the beginning for this purpose the son of god was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil whoever has been born of god does not sin that is practice sin so you know that's, yeah. well, that's is it a living paul, faith that's or not? why paul said that which yeah. i want to do i don't do and that which i don't want to do i do well it doesn't mean we don't struggle with sin you know, exactly. are tempted but sin. If we do sin, we're forgiven. But when we there's a person that is practicing sin habitually, continually, with no conviction, I cannot look at that person and say that they're saved. And um, and then you get into the debate. Well, you know, did they lose their salvation? The righteousness taken away? Hey, we're clothed with the righteousness of Jesus Christ when we're born again, and I believe in the, in the security of believer. But that's why Paul would say to the Corinthians, examine yourselves to see if you're in the faith. Mm-hmm. So that is, you, here's the bottom line for me. Don't play games with your salvation. Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. and where, where are you at today? So, um, you know, as far as the sin that leads to death, there's different thoughts on that. God in his sovereignty can take a believer. Um, but, you know, when it comes to sovereignty, uh, Liz, I don't have it all figured out. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's a good question. Okay. It's a good question. Keep searching okay. the scriptures, okay? Yeah. Um, just asking for prayer because I'm in the middle of, I'm going to be moving out of my current place. Um, I've been here for five years and, you know, Colorado, they raise the rent, so I'm going to be moving to another place, and just prayers that it's a little further, it's a little further from where, you know, I'm at, so it means it's further from the church I go to now, and as you mentioned earlier, you know, with the, with the lady you were talking to, I know for a fact, like God confirmed to me that this is my pastor, this is my God family, this is my church family, this is where I need to be. It's it's literally about thirty miles from my from my church now. So it's it's gonna be yeah. a little harder. So just prayers. Well, you know, Liz, you are blessed that you have a church family. It's so important. And yeah, I, and I know, adore them. Yeah. I absolutely, you know, love them. Like you, I you look are blessed. forward to yeah. seeing them all the time and that, that's, yeah, that's that's important. It's a priority, and yeah. and you are blessed. So I'm going to pray for you, Father. Is Liz is going to move because housing in Colorado is getting expensive. Rents are going up. Housing is tight. And as she makes this move, I pray the move would go smoothly. But Lord, now she has a a ways to go to be with her church family. That you would make it easy as possible. That Lord, the time would go by fast. And I thank you as I listen to Liz. Just her her love for the word, um, her desire to uh, continue with the you know to learn from you these questions, Lord, just show her, give her understanding and clarity. But Lord, also just bless her with her church family, and that all who are listening would understand that you have made us to be in fellowship with you and with others, 
And there is blessing and benefit in being involved in a church, a church family. And Lord, I pray for Liz. She would be able to continue that unhindered. And Lord, just continue to bless her in that way. Um, Keep her safe as she travels back and forth. And may this uh, move be very smooth. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Liz. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. You bet. Thanks for calling. So, hey, we're getting to the end of our show, and um, and sorry we're not able to get to everybody, but I just want to reiterate, uh, to be in fellowship with the church, those of you who are listening, is so important. And Liz just uh, reiterated and reminded us how much of a blessing it is to be with a group of believers, to love the brethren, and um, and to to for you who may be out there that maybe you're looking for a church, find a church that you can belong to, find a church that you can serve in, find a church that you can grow in the Word of God where your children can learn is so important. I want to remind you we got church tonight, and um, and you know look at the schedules. There's you know churches that got uh, Bible studies going on during the week, services, and um, and you can find a place where you and your family can belong to. But I know that you will be tremendously blessed as you do that. And I know for me and for my family, we have been benefited in belonging to this church, not just because I pastor it, but just the family that is here at Calvary Chapel Greeley. So I want to encourage you in that way. Hey, thank you for calling in, everybody being a part of um, the program. Got church tonight here in Greeley. Love to see you at 7 o'clock. God bless you, and we'll talk to you next time. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.